0: Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you and enjoy. Amen. John chapter 12, verses 23 through 26, very short portion of scripture, only three verses there, and then we're going to Jump down to Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 26. Well, that's weird that both the same verses. I didn't recognize that until just now. So John chapter 12, 23 through 26. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 26. I believe it will be up in Espanol as well. We have translators in the room. Hallelujah. Thank you for that suggestion, team. <laughs> Better not talk about me because si hablo español poquito. Pero yo gringo, pero no problema. John chapter 12, verse 23 through 26. Everybody say this is Jesus speaking. It says, But Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now the next verse is really what I want to put emphasis on. Most assuredly, I say to you, look at somebody, can you just look at somebody really quick and say, he's talking to you. Look at somebody else, really with conviction in your eyes, he's, he's talking to you. Yeah, this applies to us. He says, I say to you, okay, now this is symbolisms, say symbolisms, okay, this is symbolic. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, Everybody say dies. Unless a seed grows into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Look at your flesh and say, he's talking about this. Yeah, unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Another version says it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You ever recognize when you try to get things accomplished and do, the more you try to do for yourself, the more unhappy you become? I'm the only one who's ever felt that way. The more I said the more you try to do for you and to make your life better, to give yourself life, the more you find death, spiritually speaking. Does everybody hear me, what I'm saying? So he's speaking symbolically. He's not talking about physical death. So whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, but whoever hates his life, and this world will keep it for eternal life. And if anyone serves me, he goes on to say, if anyone serves me, follow me or follow my model. And where I am, there my servant will be also. He's talking about you. If anyone, that's how you know he's not just talking about the disciples to you intellectuals out there. He's not just talking to the disciples, not just talking about the apostles. He goes on to say, if anyone, that word anyone in Hebrew and the Greek, English, Spanish, Latin, all means the same thing. That means anyone. Y'all were supposed to laugh. Look at you looking like a prune right now, not laughing at my jokes. My wife says, I. anyway, I need to renew my jokes. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. In other words, you honor the Lord, he will honor you. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, and then we'll dive into this. And then he said to them all, if anyone, now these verses run parallel, okay? Say Parallel. Means it's talking about two different it's talking about the same thing in two different ways. Okay? Then he said to them all, Jesus did, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. See, he went to the cross, now he's telling you to pick up yours. If he does not pick up his cross daily and follow me. For desire, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profited a man? If he gains the whole world and himself is destroyed or lost, and whoever now watch this. I think he said this I gotta maybe I should uh, you know write one of the Bibles the DS version because'm I stopped during my you know scripture reading and I like to insert things like a, what do they call them a commentator uh, I, I believe this just came to me just now because he says all of this about denying yourself. Picking up your cross, all of these dying seeds going into the ground, all these symbolistic messages. And he goes on to say, he like shifts gears or themes and he says, whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, the son of man will be ashamed of when he comes into his own glory and his father's and the holy angels. In other words, many people I'm finding out by living that type of methodology that Jesus is talking about, dying to self. Carrying the cross. He's saying, if you're ashamed of that type of life, I will be ashamed of you. He's saying, if you're ashamed of my words, if you're ashamed of this type of methodology. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? Because he knew, he knew that people would think, based on what he's saying, that is a shameful way to live life, not an honorable one. But in God's kingdom, it looks different. When you walk humbly, when you walk, you know, living out your life for bigger reasons other than just yourself. This is notable in God's kingdom. On earth, we don't seem, servitude is not notable many times. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? You may have your seats. Can I just talk to you from the heart this morning? Just from the heart. I'm going to try to not be preachy. I'm a little known for running around and jumping over the front row. That's nobody, why nobody sits on this side. That's kind of like my side. I leap over. We call it the splash section. People who just visited the church think I'm really serious right now. I don't do that. Don't worry. I will not come back there. Um, I behave myself most services. But I just want to talk from the heart this morning. I'll do my best to not be preachy because over now 20 years I've been walking with the Lord. Uh, The Jesus I knew when I started is not the Jesus I know now. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? Like I, I guess the way that I would say that, my upbringing was really hard. You know, I, without saying too much, I love my mother, but we didn't grow up in the most functional home. One thing we had a lot of was love. A lot of, you know, a lot of meals and a lot of love. But we, we, we lacked in a lot of areas. My mother didn't have the greatest father. She was out on the, doing her own thing when she was 16. She had seven sisters and made choices. And, you know, I grew up, my father was murdered when I was nine years old. And by the time I was 15, I was living with my aunt, and I was running the streets, and my mother couldn't control me. And uh, I I lived a lifestyle that was anything but uh, close to God. I I ran as far as I possibly could because I I misinterpreted pain. When 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 I lost my dad and I went through addictions and selling drugs for five years and doing everything that I did, I think the reason now, in retrospect, looking back on it... I was, I was living out of a place of pain because I didn't understand how God uses pain. Does that make sense? And pain can do two different things. It can drive you to him or away from him, very far. Does that make sense? Because I couldn't see, I couldn't see that it was his tools to lead me to himself. I'll give you, I'll give you a picture, okay? This is very practical. How, how many either didn't have a great father figure or mother figure or didn't have one at all. This is 50% of the congregation, so half. Um, one thing, I, I, because I didn't have my father's love, uh, I only remember seeing him three times, I've probably seen him more. If I would have looked at this in a healthy way, maybe God allowed, notice I didn't say caused, God doesn't kill people. Well, he used to in the Old Testament. He kind of, he's changed a little bit since Jesus. No, he hasn't changed. I, the Lord, do not change. He's much more graceful now. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. In retrospect, if, if, I, were, if I were thinking about that in a healthy way, I, the way I see it now is that God allowed that gap in my life because he knew he had a work for me to do, and he wanted me to find satisfaction, validation, my security in my heavenly father, not an earthly father. Does that make sense? And so now it's kind of turned in reverse where, it, where the loss drug me to drugs, it, drug, it brought me into uh, just an ungodly lifestyle. Now, now when I think about it and I, and I need love or need affirmation or need to feel a sense of security, I get on my face. Do you, do you see? So don't allow your pain, whatever it is that you're going through this morning, to drive you away. Allow it to drive you to. You see? Because it can act as fuel. Fuel can do two things. It can burn a house down or it can warm a, fire, warm a house up. Do you understand? So, so allow whatever you've gone through, allow that as fuel to keep your heart warm and close to God and not burn everything down. It's, it's all about processing things in a healthy way and seeing things from God's perspective. Because the enemy, if he can't get you out of church or get you to run away from God and live apart from God, he'll twist the way that you think about God's methodologies. You hear what I said? He'll twist things. In these past few weeks, I've been I've been talking about because as I the reason I said all that is because living as a believer now for twenty years, I've never looked back, but more and more, I I used to just think Jesus solves everything. And let me just give a little prerequisite. He does. I used to think that if I would just confess Jesus and pray a prayer, everything would be right. And that's not true. Now Now that I'm growing and I'm learning, I'm recognizing that in God's kingdom, say kingdom, it's a kingdom. A few weeks ago, I talked about Jesus being the door. We laid this out. Jesus is the door. There's no way to get to Jesus except through, excuse me, no way to get to God except through that door. Jesus is the door. Say he's the door. But in that kingdom, there are different uh, rooms that you cannot access unless you have the right, what have we been talking about? Come on, say it again. Keys. There are certain keys One of the scripture references I used is when Jesus was coming off of a mountain, he had laid his hands on his disciples and said, behold, I've given you uh, authority. I've given you keys to the kingdom to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to do all of these wonderful things. The problem is, is Jesus hears a commotion going on. His disciples are trying to cast out a demon, and they say, Master, why can't we cast this spirit out? And they're upset. They're probably upset at Jesus. If I know you, why don't I have this authority? You gave me authority. They're upset at themselves, thinking we don't have enough faith. And Jesus makes this beautiful statement as they go to him in private and say, Lord, why could we not accomplish this thing? Now, when I say accomplish this thing, maybe you're not trying to cast out a devil, but maybe you're trying to accomplish something in life. Look at it like that. And Jesus makes this statement. He said, oh God, this is so good. This is what the Holy Spirit dropped in me. Jesus says, this kind cannot come out unless there's prayer and fasting associated with it. So it was gonna take more than just laying on of hands. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He wasn't saying, you need to just go fast a sandwich and then you'll be able to cast out a devil. He wasn't saying that. Because fasting and prayer, it always should lead to something. Prayer should always lead to something. Fasting should always lead to something. What is that? Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. In other words, your, intimacy, your ability to cast something out or to change a situation is directly linked to your intimacy with Jesus. So that is a key. I've told you guys, I grew up in a deliverance ministry and there's been times when I've laid, out, laid hands on a devil and it hasn't come out. And there's been times when it was very easy and it came out. Why? There's keys. Let me kind of break it down. Who, wasn't, who hasn't been here the past two or three weeks? Who has not? Has not. Okay. Okay. Here, here's, here's, here's what I'm trying to say. There has been certain things in my life. I prayed. I grew up in poverty, slept on the floor for 20 years. No bed. I mean, pallets. If y'all are Southern, you know what pallets are. Say pallets. Who, who does not know what a pallet is? Don't be embarrassed. It's like Southern. Everybody knows what a pallet is. Slept on a pallet on the floor. We, we would fold it three different times just to get you know some kind of cushion. Well, when I got saved, I thought when I got saved, God was going to heal my finances Heal my body, heal my mind, heal my past, all of that stuff. The problem is he didn't heal my finances. Why? There were certain keys. So you know what I had to do? I started giving and it activated something in the spirit and things started happening in the physical because there's keys. We can sit there and pray all we want. Now don't, don't run away from the church. I'm not the one who took the ties up this morning. I'm just telling you how it is and how I came out. Dean is one person who taught me when I give into other organizations that are doing God's work, it, w- it activates something in your life because it's a spiritual principle. Now, there, now, if you can't feel the presence of God and you've seen me or one of the other team members this morning, don't you sense God's presence in the room? And you're like, I have no idea what he's talking about. It's not because God doesn't love you because he's here. There's a key. Many times the reason we don't sense the presence and power of God in our lives, don't shout me down now, is because you have unforgiveness in your heart. And God will oftentimes not allow you to experience him if people haven't experienced him through your forgiveness in your life. I knew that would only beckon one amen. But this is the reality because each and every area of your life, as you evaluate it, As you evaluate your life and you look at, why have I prayed and there's nothing, nothing's happening? Why do I keep hitting this wall and nothing's happening? It might not be forgiveness. Maybe it's renunciation of something. Lord, I renounce, uh, you know, witchcraft in my family line. Even if you haven't practiced, may I renounce that? It's no longer coming through my family line. How do I know that? No, we're not a weird church. But both me and my brothers, we have different fathers. Both of our fathers died in almost the same in similar ways, talking about hereditary curses. If you're dealing with lust issues, more than likely, Pops did. And his grandfather did. Comes down the family line. Come on, am I talking to you guys this morning? If you have greed issues, you start tracing back family lines because demons, once they get in, they want to stay in and they want to make things generational. And God, on the other hand, wants to bless you and create generational blessings so that you can leave things for your children's children's children. Am I preaching the Bible? There's keys in the kingdom, keys in the kingdom. This is why Jesus said to the apostle Peter, behold, I give you keys to the kingdom. It's not just one. Jesus is the main door. I want to emphasize that because there are not many ways to, to God. Jesus is the only way. Am I preaching to the right people this morning? Jesus is the only way here. Not Krishna, not Muhammad. No, there's no other way. This, at least this is what this says. I, if it says something else, y'all correct me at the end, you theologians, but... It says Jesus is the only way, but within his kingdom, God, the Holy Spirit wants to give you wisdom keys to unlock certain things. And I'll give you one of them. I was trying to cast this demon out of my brother who has only been saved for about two years. He was, I was praying for him for 15 years. I wanted to send him to heaven early. Uh, I was like, either Lord, we're going to cast this out or we're going to beat this thing out. I'm sending him to heaven. Truly. I'm like, Lord, I can't take it no more. Amen. And as I'm trying to ca- it's taking me an hour and I'm praying and this thing isn't coming out. And my, anybody who knows my brother, he talks faster and talks more than I do. That's a lot. And I'm in the back green room and I'm praying for him. I'm laying hands on him and it's not Ronnie. It, it just won't come out. He can't speak mute, completely mute. He had been doing some things and I prayed and I'm like, Lord, what, what is it? What is the key? So I kept sticking it out. I kept praying. And then all of a sudden when my brother was trying to pray, I heard these little words, dad, dad. And he was, he was thinking it was like, he was completely out of control. And I said, Oh, that's the key. It was father issues. And so, and and then I had him break uh, any attachments to his father or his generational line. And he got set free right on the spot. There was a key. It was a key. It was a key. So what I am tired of, this is coming from a place of tired of seeing the body of Christ, not seeing victory in certain areas of their lives. And I want to say to you this morning, it's not, you're not going through certain things because God doesn't love you. It's not even a question. God loves you. The Bible actually says, my people, God's people, say God's people, God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, not a lack of Jesus. Jesus. And I'm not talking about reading it in a textbook. I'm talking about wisdom keys from the spirit of God that he wants to give you so you can walk in the freedom, wholeness, and everything that he's called you to walk in. Keys, keys, keys of the kingdom. I'm learning this now. It's taken me 20 years. So now when I can't can't get certain breakthroughs in my life, now I'm not just getting frustrated at Jesus because what that does, you either do one or two things. Are you ready for this? You either, when you don't get access, you don't get certain breakthroughs in your life. You've been coming to church for a year, two years, maybe you just started. You end up leaving the church and walking away from God thinking God doesn't work or Christianity doesn't work. I've tried that. That's not the issue. It's that you haven't used the proper keys in God's kingdom. Or number two, you develop a numbness and you simply go through spiritual motions out of repetition, yet you're in pain. You've been walking with the Lord for 20 years and can't seem to get the breakthrough, but you've been just used to going to church and you know it's the right thing to do, but you know deep in your heart you're carrying resentfulness towards God. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. You're carrying resentfulness towards him. He hasn't done that promise. God loves me, but he doesn't care about my situation. I suggest that you don't do any of those two things. I suggest that you get before the Lord in quietness and get your Bible out. I know it's old school and I'm talking like I'm 80 but get in front of the Bible pray for just a few minutes and ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom keys on how to unlock that certain door that you have been pounding on. You've been asking you've been seeking and you've been knocking and the Bible says that it will open if you ask and you keep knocking but I'm saying ask the Holy Spirit give me the wisdom keys so I can see breakthrough in this certain area of my life. I don't know if it's a relation relationships for some of you. I don't know if it's a career or you know you're, you're called to start a business, but every time you try to walk through that door, it gets locked on you. I don't know if it's a certain bondage. You've been praying and fasting and you're addicted and you can't seem to get free. All I'm saying is this morning, the healer is here and he may not just lay hands on you because if he doesn't lay hands on you, you know what I know he's going to do? He's going to give you the key. He's going to give you the key because there's keys in the kingdom, When I've seen people who have persistent health issues, I'm not saying it's always demons, okay? That is not my theology. I believe that uh, much of our sickness in American society is due to poor eating, not just demons. Sometimes we just need to, you know, lay hands on somebody and say, you need the say no spirit. (laughs) Say no to the donut or whatever it is. You need to lay hands on me. She's been doing well. I I need that. Lay hands on me so I can say no to the wings. Three days a week, it's been getting bad. It's true. It's true. Lord's working on me. Look at somebody and say, you know the Lord's working on you too. Drinking coffee three times a day and stuff. There's keys in the kingdom. There's keys. And I, I am learning this. And I want... See, when, when I preach, you know what makes it so much easier for me to minister is it used to be very hard. I used to hate standing up on the pulpit and it's still my hardest day of the week by far because I feel very insignificant. I feel like I don't have anything to give. I feel very weak until I finally stand here. It is a lie, yes. But then when I stand here, just something happens to me. That's, but, but the Lord deals with me on these things in private so I can release it to you. And this is what I'm experiencing. I've been experiencing doors being unlocked and I'm I'm, I'm not so easily uh, irritated with the Lord. I know you don't get irritated and you have halo over your head. I see it. You don't ever get irritated or frustrated with God because something's not opening. But I'm learning now the key of waiting in his presence. That's a key. Not running to lotty dotty and everybody all the time sitting before him. Lord, what is the answer? What is the resolution in this situation so I can see the breakthrough in my life? And I want to give you three keys this morning, okay? There's three keys. The past few weeks, we talked about Jesus being the door. That is a key. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit is an absolute key. These are both necessities. You go in some other direction, your, your foundation is fractured and you're doomed from the get-go. So those are two main keys. Last week, I preached a message. By the way, this is entitled... Why is this not working? Somebody say, why is this not working? Subtitle is called Keys to the Kingdom. Say, Keys to the Kingdom. So I want to help you get a better understanding of why this is not working, and you know how that applies to your personal situation. One of the first keys is this is a little catchy title go low to grow. Rick likes that. He's kind of a word man. He's the word man. Go low to grow. That's kind of a hip way of, of, of saying, you, you, in God's kingdom, You have you ever seen anything grow at eye level? No, it has to go low to grow. Isn't it funny how God made it to where seeds itself has to go to the lowest parts of the earth. Remember the scripture I just read? Unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it abides alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. How many want to bear fruit? Well, if you want to bear fruit in God's kingdom, you have to grow, go low to grow. For 15 years, I was trying to get get into ministry, do this and do that. I was trying to not promote myself, but to kind of make my own way. I did that in business. I've been in business for 20 years trying to make things happen in my own strength. But God's kingdom, he doesn't promote that way. You know who he promotes? Those who are humble, those who are willing to serve. And sometimes some of you are not growing and going to the next level is number 1 you feel you deserve it. Come back next week, okay? You're going to come back next week? No. You have to go low in order to grow. As a matter of fact, the higher, I love mountains. Who, lo, who loves mountains? I love mountains. Colorado, I've been there, in uh, North Carolina and Tennessee. Maybe one day the Lord let us move there when we're old, honey, overlooking the valley, Maggie Valley or something. The higher you go when you hike, the less life is there. Less things grow. You ever recognize that? think about that. God God has made it to where creation itself has to bow low in order to grow. God's kingdom only responds. The Holy Spirit only responds to those who are humble and go low. And many people are not going higher is because they've refused to go low. Do you know there's a few things that God describes in the Bible, namely in the book of Proverbs, which is called the book of wisdom, say wisdom, There's a few things that God hates. He hates feet that are swift to shed evil. In other words, do wrong really quickly. They're just prone to do wrong really quickly. And he also says this. He says a lying tongue, but the third one, a proud look. God hates pride. He doesn't hate the person. He hates pride because pride is selfish. Humility and loneliness is selfless. And God can only use empty shells. I know this is hard to believe. Because the Holy Spirit, he wants to inhabit a person. And what makes a person more useful in God's kingdom is that person who's empty and who goes low. Somebody say grow low. Yeah, so even creation itself has to go low. And this is what the sign is. Dependence. Dependence on the elements. In other words, we have to become more dependent on God if we're going to go up. If we're going to access certain things, we have to humble ourselves And go low. And people think that if they strive enough, perform enough, work hard enough, they will eventually become fruitful. I know I used to be that way and God's still working on me. Look at somebody, nudge them and say, God's working on you, isn't he? Only to find out that when I get or got wherever there was, I just had to do more to maintain it. Can I give you an example? I got to a point, this was right before I started the church. This was almost four years ago. It'll be four years now in... August August 18th, I finally got to the point in my company years ago that we started really smooth sailing, being in business. I think at that point, it was uh, 16 years. And right at that point, everything was good. I finally had it really sailing. I mean, it could function on its own. And, you know, we had, I think, up to 15 full-time employees. Everything was going fine. Not a big company, just moderately sized. And it's still going to this day. And here's what the Lord says to me. And he never allows me to be comfortable I'm like, finally, I'm comfortable. And right when I said that in my heart, the Lord says, start the church. And I'm like, my wife is pregnant. She's about to have a baby in just like three months, Lord. I'm like, I started about, I was about to bind the devil. You know, you know how you do that? You hear, you know, you're hearing from the Lord. And you're like, I bind you. And you know, it's the Lord. Because we think it's the enemy because it disrupts our normalcy or inconveniences us. As a matter of fact, you know you're hearing from the Lord if it inconveniences you because the cross itself is an inconvenience. Following Jesus is an inconvenience. Here's what you have to remember. When you obey the Lord, there's fruitfulness on the other side. Oftentimes you have to go low in order to go up. So the Lord says, start the church. And you know what happened? I resisted the Holy Spirit. Now, many of us don't have the nerve to say, no, Lord, I'm not gonna do it. We would never say that, most of us. I'm not gonna do that. I have done that, actually. But I didn't do that this time. But in my heart, I argued with God. You know how you hear something and you know it's from him? I'm not talking about audible. I'm talking about a nudge. You need to do this. You need to forgive, let me make it practical. You need to forgive this person. You need a career change. You need to start this thing. You need to do this. Now in my heart, here's what I did. Act like I didn't hear him and I thought he would just forget. You know when you're not fulfilling the will of God and there's that nudge that's always there and you just ignore or you try to get into more and more sin thinking he's gonna change his mind? No. You You know what I mean? Does anybody ever feel that way? Like maybe he'll change his mind about me? If I do wrong, change your mind. I can't do that. I'm not fit. I'm not qualified. I don't have the degree. I'm not anointed enough. I'm not holy enough. I've tried to live holy and I can't. That's the whole thing. He wants you to realize your helplessness without him. As a matter of fact, your weaknesses do not detract the Holy Spirit. They attract him. Does anybody, is anybody getting anything out of that? And I felt like Jonah. I would try to go through the work motions, and all of a sudden, everything that was being prosperous started. It was like the pause button. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. It was my Jonah in the whale moment. And I finally, after months and months and months of me saying no inside, I didn't verbally say it, finally I said, I'll do it, Lord. And as soon as I did it, and you know why I didn't want to do it? Because I didn't want to walk away from my company and start something that couldn't pay me or take care of my family. Oh, y'all don't want a pastor that's honest. All my pastor's friends telling me, people ain't tithing, you can't do that. And then... can I talk about it just for a second? If you, if you want to have a living, you better stick in your trade and just go do ministry part-time. And I said, but I'm dying inside. I have to help God's people. I have the word of God burning in my heart. What do I do? And the Lord said, don't you drop the business. I want you to take both of them. And so what the Lord had me do is he had me take everything that I had saved for years. I'm talking about decades. Take everything and start the church. He said, I don't want you to use people's money. I don't want you to do any fundraising. I want you to use your money. And so that's exactly what we did. $75,000, something like that later. My wife liked more. (laughs) I don't remember. It hurt. It was like me raising my knife to Isaac. I said, Lord, but I tell you what, I was the happiest I ever been because I said, yes. You will never be happy until you say yes again. Some of you said yes before and you've been saying no. And the Lord is saying, you will find your peace when you say yes again. Who cares if you don't have all the money? At least you have your peace. Who cares if you don't have all the accruedments? At least you have your peace of mind, knowing that you're fulfilling the, love, the will of God for your life. And can I tell you, eventually those things will come. God never allows our obedience to go unrewarded. Go low. Somebody say, go, grow low. And this is what people don't get the revelation of. They want to grow their way, not God's way. And God, that's, this is a key. We have to learn to grow God's way. Watch what Matthew chapter 23, verse 11 through 12 says, But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled. But he who humbles himself, say grow low, to grow up, or go low, excuse me. But he who humbles himself will be exalted. The new, the passions translation says this, remember this, if you have a lofty opinion of yourself and seek to be honored, you will be humbled. But if you have a modest opinion of yourself and choose to humble yourself, you will be honored. Somebody say, grow God's way. way. There's a way to grow in God's kingdom and there's a way to stifle growth. When you decide not to grow low or go low, and you want to grow your way, you want to do it on your time, you want to obey God on your timing, you want to marry who you want to marry, you want the career that you want to have, you want to get your own degree without consulting the Lord's will for your life, and yet once we try to keep gaining our life and seeking to save your life, the problem is the more we lose it. Like Jesus said. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? The more you try to go after your own desires and accrudiments your way, doing things on your term, growing your own way, the more you're experiencing death in certain areas of your life. But we have to grow God's way. God has a way, and this is a key in the kingdom. And I see so many believers who love Jesus but aren't growing in Jesus. It's because He has a way of growth that He wants to implement in our lives. You don't think God wants you to succeed? You don't think God wants you to grow? God wants to bless you so much, not just for your own life, but to bless your families and communities. He wants some of you to shake cities. I know you think it's not you, but I'm telling you, God has a special calling in every single one of our lives. If we were to simply choose his way above our own, I've been wondering if I should say this. I've never said this publicly and I'm scared but if I I, then I'll be saying no I'll be saying no internally but I think I have to do this. This is going to help somebody. Back in 2012 I had my um, my son uh, with uh, I, I was married before. I was married I was a kid. I was 26 years old. And all of my dreams were starting to come true. Ministry dreams. I got married. We were happily married. Happily. I still had little issues of insecurity in my heart, though. But then all, something all of a sudden happened. I, I, I was in a ministry for about 10 years. I got really judgmental of people. I was like that as a little kid, wasn't I, mom? I was so mean to my mother when she would go, you know, she would, she drank and things and I would just so mad at her. She would go out. I was a little boy. I always hated sin as a little boy, didn't I? I hated anything that was not right. I don't, it was, God put that in me as a little boy, even though I ended up living like that. I hated it as a little kid, cried all the time, depressed all the time. And, and I got married and I thought all my dreams were coming true. And then, and then one day, my, my, my boy was only about six months old. And um, I was always afraid because as a little boy, I got left a lot. Like, you know, m- my mom was always there. My dad had left me. And one night I remember st- uh, staying at his home. My mom didn't want me to go. And his, his wife, um, oh, I pray they're not watching. Uh, there were some things that happened. I remember... I'll be careful what I say. They, the gas was on on the on the stove, and the smoke alarm was going off, and I was left in the house by myself. And so I I grew up growing up with abandonment issues in my heart. Abandonment. Anybody ever felt abandoned? I felt abandoned. Everything. Uh, you know, if I try to have a girlfriend, I didn't have many because I was so insecure going growing up. Couldn't get a girlfriend. You know, just super insecure and. My my wife at the time, she she uh, she just all of a sudden woke up one day. She wanted to. Um, she wanted to take she, her past was pharmaceutical drugs. I didn't know that until after marriage, and she wanted to take drugs to help her with depression. She was going through what's called postpartum depression, and I told her, I said, No, you can't. You can't do that. You can't do that because you, it would lead you back down that lifestyle possibly, and I was afraid that that would happen. Well, anyway, one day I came home and the doors were locked. Short story is I've raised my kid for almost five years, my little boy. And of course I met my wife finally, like she, we were divorced in maybe three months. And then God brought me my wife, Stephanie. And, and, and 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 you know what? I was so resentful. And for two years, I couldn't hear God's voice. I felt completely rejected. I obeyed you, Lord. Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Why? why do I've always obeyed you. What, what's the problem? You know, Why would you allow this to happen? I had all my dreams were coming true. And here's what the Lord, because I'd always prayed this dangerous prayer. I want to love people like you love them. Yes, amen. I want to have your eyes, Jesus. But the problem is, is we want to be like Jesus, but we don't want to be rejected like Jesus was. We want all the good qualities of the Messiah. We want to be able to cast out devils and we want to be able to walk in financial blessing, but we don't want that other side of the cross. So what the Lord, and there's two people in here that know exactly what I'm talking about because I was walking with them at that point. Actually, Dean and his wife. And um, things were said about me that were completely untrue. There was no infidelity. There was none of that, none of that stuff. And the Lord was saying, I want to teach you how to love somebody who's looking in another direction. And this is what God will do is, listen, now today I'm healed, but you know what I had to do? I had to be a seed that went into the ground and died. Now, if somebody rejects me, you know how it would send me in a tailspin then. But I got the 10th gift of the spirit now. You know what it's called? The gift of goodbye. So I love people as if they're never leaving, but when they, when they say they gotta go, I go and I hold the door for them. And I'll love them and I'll be waiting when they get back and I will treat them as if it never ever happened again. Because sometimes you gotta die in order to live. Unless the seed, you guys aren't hearing what I'm saying. Unless the seed goes into the ground and dies, The business is going to go to a whole nother level, Dean, because that's that's what it was all about. The seed, the shell, that was just a shell. You thought that was the end there all, but that was just a shell. Now things are about to sprout up and they're going to succeed and go further than they ever gone before. Because sometimes you have to die in certain areas in order to experience life. Unless a seed say "Go go low to grow. The church is notorious for not preaching this way. And we wonder why people are frustrated and walking out of church in droves. Because if you come to church, God's going to bless you. Oh, that's not true. You can come to church for 20 more years and not be blessed if you decide not to die to certain things. It doesn't tend to get many more amens, but you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for a mature body to mature till we grow up into the full stature of Christ. Because the reality is your finances may not change. You keep not tithing. I better not, I'm the pastor, so I'm better. I'll leave that for the other guys. There's certain keys in certain areas, and one key to life in God's kingdom is death to self, death to your wants. Now, what am I saying? Now, now, what am I saying about that whole marriage, right? I had what I thought I wanted, and then I meet my beautiful wife, who I love. She's my best friend. But in the first year, we almost killed each other. Before marriage, Rick drugged me to the altar because I was highly judgmental because she had some things in her past. I, because the, Here's why God, I believe, allowed me to go through that divorce. Because I cared too much about my image. Because I had squeaky clean and I used to poke fun at people in the, in the pulpit. How dare he stand in the pulpit? He's divorced. Not knowing the reasons behind it. You guys don't want an honest pastor, do you? Can I be honest this morning? I had an image problem. I look like that. I drive my car around the back of the building so people couldn't see what I drive because I was ashamed. Do you know what that would have done to me if there was no worship team a year ago? I'm like, I was glad that that came up. I said, Lord, it just, it was nothing because you got to die to certain things. God's still here. This is the way my mind thinks now. Oh, this is just a greater opportunity for God to show up and no humans to take the credit for the anointing in the room. And so there were some things in my wife's past that I said, I I can't get over that. I need squeaky clean. No children before marriage, none of that stuff. Now she's my best friend, love her. We have a great family, it's blended. And you know what the Holy Spirit said? He said, you know Jesus had a blended family, right? No, you guys didn't catch that one. Jesus was the seed from God and did not come from Joseph. Joseph. They were a blended family. Amen? And, and you, you know what? You know what I, the Holy Spirit told me this morning? Can I tell you? It was so beautiful, which kind of leads me to my next point. And I'm not going to get through it all today. I'm sorry. I don't want to keep you guys long, but there's so much I want to get into here. I'm sharing some of my personal stories. But most people don't grow because they don't surrender to the soil. Some of us know how to die, but not to die to certain things, but we don't know how to surrender to the soil. I worked as a young teenager. It was called DS Nursery. I was probably 15. It's actually my initials. Tell me how funny God is, DS Donnie Smith. It was called DS Nursery. And I worked there for more than a year. It was an agricultural nursery. And I learned about different species of plants, planting seeds, fertilization, water, irrigation, all that stuff, replanting. And here's what stood out to me the most. Are you ready? Some trees outgrew others faster. You ever seen that before? You plant two things and one outgrows one another? Do you know why that is? It's not it's not because there's anything wrong with the seed. It's the fact that certain seeds surrender to the soil faster. It has nothing to do with how much you water it, you fertilize it. There's people who come to church every single week. Water, we fertilize it, we preach, we get them in the presence of the Lord. Some people grow faster than others. It has nothing to do many times with the church. It has nothing to do with your church outfit or you just opening and reading your Bible. It has everything to do with you not surrendering to the soil in the ground. What is the soil? The Lord surrender to the soil. And you know why many people, can't, they can't get over what the soil is made out of. This is what I couldn't get over. Watch this, James. This is what I couldn't get over. I couldn't get over what God put in my soil in my marriage. What's soil made out of? Many of you cannot handle the stench of your situation, not knowing that God allowed the stench in your situation to fertilize. That's what he told me this morning. He said, many people are bitter because they only smell the stench. All soil is made out of is... I don't even want to say it. It's made of, does anybody not know what soil is made out of? Okay. They can't get over. They don't think God can use their uh, lustful past. God can't use it. Can't get over your promiscuous past. Oh, can't get over the drug addiction. Can't, can't, can't get over your sin. Can't get over... Uh, this thing that you did to that person. Can't get over you cheating on your taxes. As most of you. No, just kidding. that was a joke. That was a joke. Come back, I'm just playing. God can use all of that and more because according to Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 28, God works out even manure for your good. All things together for your good and His glory according to Christ Jesus. All things mean all in Hebrew, means all. Everything. Divorce, he worked it out for my good and his glory. He can work out your lust for his good for your glory and his good. He can work out everything that you've done in your past to bring glory to his name. This is how God gets glory, is using unqualified things and then qualifying it. It's taking somebody who's helpless in their own strength and then qualifying them and strengthen them to do his work because at that point, you can't take the credit. People can't take the credit. Your job can't take the credit. Your career can't take the credit. Your finances or your past or your genealogy cannot take the credit. Only God gets the credit. And this is where we need to come to this place is allow God's dirt to do the work instead of resisting it. Allow the dirt to do its work. Allow the soil to do its work. Instead of discounting all your problems and everything that you've gone through and adding them all up and it equals God's not good. Instead of saying, man, all that stuff that God has allowed in my life, now that I look back and have some retrospect and now I have a bird's eye view, I'm like thankful that she left. I'm thankful that they rejected me. I'm thankful that they talked about me. Even all of my friends stopped talking to me. You know what it caused me to do? Get on my face and get to know Jesus for myself. Didn't have nobody to call, just Jesus. Didn't have a prayer life till they all left me. Even the church. I didn't. I didn't truly know Jesus. So then I got to know Jesus, and I got to see eyes of love to people who were not lovable. Go low. To grow up. Surrender to the soil. Is anybody getting just something out of this? Let me make this clear. Let me make this clear. You can stand to your feet. I pray that this blessed you. Yes. I pray that my vulnerability that cost me something. Let me lovingly make this clear to you all. Jesus is never the problem. Ever, ever. You know me and my wife we lost our firstborn. We lost So much pain, so much heartache. Preaching Sunday morning, lost a baby, rejected pain, agony. I don't even know if pain is the word. Trying to reject all the manure that he was using in my life. Knowing that he wanted me to go to glory to glory. I heard a preacher the other day who said most people just go from crap to crap. Rodney said that I thought that was hilarious Jesus is never the problem the church is really the issue the problem isn't even the person I mean the seed the seed the seed is not the you know I'm not even saying that we're the problem the seed will not sprout if it simply it will sprout if it simply surrenders to what it's been planted into and listen, if God's put you in that situation, don't run. When it's hard to face, it's usually God trying to get you to grow. Can anything, that's what the Holy Spirit just said. I don't know why he's saying that. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I don't know who that's for. They said that about Jesus. Can anything good, can anything good come out of that, Jill? Yes, it can. Can anything come good out of that? Yes, it can, Rick. Yes, it can, Matt. Yes, it can. Can anything good come out of my situation? Maybe many of you are thinking about that this morning. Can anything good come out of this business, this marriage, this sickness, Mom? Can anything good come out of it? The answer is emphatically yes. yes. I'm living on the other side of much of that. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt, what you are upset about right now and you want out of, when you get on the other side, you will thank him for it. You will thank him. Now you can do this. And you know what we would do in the nursery? We would think to try to stimulate the growth of the flower or whatever we had planted, whatever plant, we would move it from. A, we would move it to a different pot, like a bigger pot. We'd move it from different pots. Pot representing situations. Isn't that what we do, Dean? We go to just a different pot. Oh, some of you move from different states, thinking that the state is the problem. There's no work here. I'm going to a different state. They probably don't got no work. Same same thing. They, some places got it. Some pl- some people go from relationship to relationship, moving pots, as if something's going to change. The problem isn't in the pot. The problem isn't in the location. The problem isn't in your difficulty. The problem is the seed doesn't want to shed itself. It doesn't want to die to some things. That's all I'm saying this morning. If I could say anything else, if we could bring up those pads, if I could say anything else, all, this is what I want to drive home this morning. This is the whole point, is that in God's kingdom, death produces Life. If you will die to that thing, and you're saying, when, "When will he do it? When will he do it?" You know, when the church started to grow. Recently, I said, "I, I started." You know, you, you just tend to look around just a little bit. Is anybody coming? Does anybody want to hear? I remember preaching to two people in here. Anybody gonna come? You know what my question is every time now? I couldn't care less who's behind me. Is Jesus in the room? Is Jesus in the room? God will oftentimes keep something from growing to to get you to recognize that unless he waters that thing and unless you die to certain things, it ain't gonna change. Death produces life. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life, for my sake, Jesus said, will save it. Self-denial, guys, this is it. This is it right here. This This is the key this morning. Self-denial is the essential key in God's kingdom. It's not, it's, not a want, it's not just a want. It is a necessity. You have to have it. It is essential. Denial, self-denial. God will only assist you in building his kingdom, not yours. I want to say that as well. And this is why God hasn't many, opened many doors in our lives, personal lives. I want you to get a picture of that in your own life. Whatever door he hasn't opened. Because motive is an issue with many of us. Motive shows that we're not dead to certain things. I'm doing this because of that. There was a guy recently came up to me. He was a pastor, pastor of a good church. Good church. Love him. But I knew he came up to me. I'm a board member at a a large food bank. And he said, man, I got to get the church going. You know, maybe we can connect and you can start doing food distributions for me. And so I sent him a sermon about dying to self because I knew what his motive was. You want food because you want people in the seats. Said God ain't going to put no people in your seats until your motive is right. See, we don't want to talk like that anymore because we all, we got motives. God wants us to die to our motives, our own selfish motives. You better, whatever it is that you do in life, you better be doing it for him and not yourself. Whatever you're doing in life, you better not be doing it for anybody else or for vainglory or any of that stuff because it won't last. Only what we do for Christ will last. This is the last thing, and I promise. Dean says, yeah, right. It is, really is. It's the last thing. Do you, do you know what this represents on the front? It represents the blood of Jesus. Say the blood. Do you remember in the Old Testament? Remember when they instituted what's called the Passover? Passover? Remember that? Why was it called the Passover? Because the angel, the death angel would pass over? That's when Moses gave instruction on, you know, want you to put blood on the lintel or the doorpost, like above a doorpost, put blood on it on each side, which would obviously represent the cross. There's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. But do you know why the death angel passed? Do you think it's because they said, oh, the blood of Jesus is there. We can't touch that home. No, that's what we all think and have been taught. Oh, that's, that represents the blood of Jesus. Jesus can't touch that house. Do you know why the death angel couldn't go there? Because blood was a sign that death had already visited the house. I want it to really sink because here's what that really means. Do you know why many of you are tormented by demons? Tormented in your mind? Addicted? Tormented in your thinking, suicidal thoughts, all these things, the enemy tormenting you? Because you're not dead to self. When they would put the blood on the lentil, it was a sign that death had already been there. Why stop? It's already dead. The reason the enemy is not passing over you, because you're living too much for yourself. Unless a seed goes into the ground and dies. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? In your life as a believer, death to self is not overrated. It's underrated. If things move you, cause you to fall into patterns, you get triggers, it's because you need to die to yourself. Because when we die to ourselves, finally, finally, the Lord can reign supremely in and through us. And I close with that. And Father, I pray that you would release your grace all over this place. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.